Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sharing Everything. I'm Joe Balecki. I'm Katie. Balecki. Balecki. Yeah. So proud to put that everywhere but on our podcast, huh? Well, because we already say that we're married, so I think it's pretty understood that we have the same last name. We haven't yet said that we're married, and we're married. We are married, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we like to, to share everything with each other. That is true. Uh, including movies that we like. Yes, that's why we're here. Last week, we covered My Girl. Yes, we did. And I said, okay, so that's, that's, a, um, that's a movie that's, that deals with death mm-hmm. and, and children. Uh, I know a lot of movies that deal with death and children. What's wrong over there? I hear the music in the background. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. You shouldn't. But I do. Well, nobody else does. Okay. You're just going batty. I'm just crazy. Nobody listen to me. <laughs> what if What if I do this? It's gone. Okay. Well, that was weird. That must just be a weird routing thing with this mixer. Anyway, we are uh, we're recording this into the computer for the first time because we finally cleaned up our studio. Mm-hmm. We no longer have Christmas wrapping paper everywhere. And when we say we, we mean Katie. We we do mean Katie. <laughs> I I cleaned off my desk so that it could be a proper recording desk. Yeah. There's now a mixer out here. We're recording into our uh, computer, which hopefully makes it so that I have one less step to do so that I upload these episodes. Closer to when they're recorded. Yeah. Anyway, so last week we watched My Girl. It was a super uplifting movie about children and death. So I said, I also know a movie that deals with children and death. These children are a little bit older than Anna Chlomsky was Mm -hmm. in in her film. However, it's a film that deals with death and children. Teens. Sexually active teens in some cases. Mm -hmm. but, But teens... Uh, so, what movie was this exactly? We watched Nightmare on Elm Street. A Nightmare on Elm Street. And which one? I'm assuming the original. The original. Okay. Written and directed by Wes Craven. Ooh. The first one from 1984. Mm-hmm. The one of, one of the best, if not the best, year for... If not all movies, at least horror movies. Hmm. In my opinion, there have been articles written about how the 2000s brought about this this new horror, mm-hmm. and NU horror, which is hearkening back to new metal, mm-hmm. which uh, is kind of objectively bad. And so they were making the comparison that in the 2000s there were these new horror movies that were also bad. And if you go back to the 2000s and watch some of those horror movies, they're not the greatest. Probably not. The uh, the, the 80s, if, if not exactly 1984, had this wonderful mixture of schlocky, funny, easy to grab onto and market, while also still being really scary mm-hmm. uh, to at least some people. And this movie, A Nightmare on Elm Street, I think is maybe the only movie that has ever made me afraid at night in bed really yeah wow that's a high honor so before we get into this briefly because if they don't know they should 
Mm-hmm. What is this movie about? Um, it's about a group of four, four or five, four teenagers who are um, friends, and they discover at the beginning that most, if not all of them, had been having very similar dreams or nightmares with this creepy guy with, like, claws coming and killing them. Um, then, as the movie progresses, <clears throat> the some of the kids actually start dying, and uh, we see them try to figure out who this guy is, how they're all dreaming about him, how and why he's killing them, and uh, he just generally wreaks havoc on their lives, and there's lots of bloodshed and slashy slashy, and the end is very strange, and I'm still not sure what happened. Well, that was the thing that they used to do in horror movies, is you think everything is okay at the end, Mm -hmm. and then they say, but maybe it's not. Yeah, but I, I like I couldn't figure out was the whole thing a dream? Was just the end a dream? I like was just the beginning a dream? I don't know. Um, I don't think you need to think that hard about it. Okay. We, we can go on on our own mm-hmm. and watch the rest of the series. Okay. We can watch everything, all of them. We can watch Freddy versus Jason. We can watch all of them. I don't think you need to think that hard about it. I know that there is a Nightmare on Elm Street three. That has the girl who plays Nancy mm-hmm. in it um, going to fight Freddy Krueger again. So, the ending sequence where mom gets turned into a dummy and pulled through a door, mm-hmm. I think, is just there for us, the audience, to go, oh no, mm-hmm. it's the end. Everything's not okay, which is just a thing that they used to do. Um, so why do you think that this movie... I think the first time I saw it, I was probably in my middle teens. Okay. I think. And I watched it on TV. But I do remember the scene where Johnny Depp dies and blood mm-hmm. gets in reverse shot up to the ceiling. That was awful. Uh, I do remember that being on TV. So it might have been one of the weekends when my parents had like the promotional weekend where you get Showtime and HBO and all those for free for the weekend. Yeah. And it was on or something like that. So I don't think I got an abridged version. I think the only abridging that has happened has been the abridging that happens due to memory. Mm-hmm. But why do you think Teenage Joe was was scared? And now I wasn't like it didn't keep me up. Mm-hmm. And this isn't me posturing. This is just me clarifying I just did feel a general sense of unease turning my light off and looking over the foot of my bed. Yeah. Just kind of like, oh, Freddy. Uh, I'm not sure because lots of things besides like, oh, maybe that's it. Okay, so you are fascinated by haunted houses, but you're scared of them at the same time. And so maybe it's the whole uncertainty of where this guy's going to come from and what he's going to do because the kids in the movie had no idea like the parameters for him like haunting them or anything. So maybe it was the uncertainty you thinking, hmm, because you never really got an answer in the movie, like who he was, like we knew who he was, Mm -hmm. but we didn't know like why he had chosen these kids 
um, out of all of the kids on Elm Street or whatever. Um, so I don't know, maybe just the uncert- uncertainty of it and the lack of answers mm-hmm. is what frightened you. I don't know. Because I, I don't really picture, you, maybe I'm completely wrong, but I don't really picture you being afraid of dude coming into the house at night. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I guess you're kind of right. You're close. Okay. Before this moment, I don't think I've ever had to really, um, like, go, like, delve into exactly why it scared me. Mm-hmm. Aside from just, like, viscerally knowing that I feel unease when I think of these things. And it has to do with the other horror movie that I really, really like, which is It Follows. Mm. And that is the sort of, or not even the sort of, it is the exactly the the dread. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about this before. I don't know if on this podcast, but before yeah, just have. in life. Dread versus suspense. Yeah. And suspense doesn't really scare me. Mm-hmm. Because I can just look at how far we are in the movie. Mm-hmm. And generally that will tell me what the outcome is going to be. Um, whereas Dread is... Eventually, even if even if the 90 minutes of this movie extends and everyone's fine, I know that eventually they are going to just be screwed. Which is what it follows, shows, and is more condensed in this. Because... If we look at what the rules are, once you start dreaming about Freddy, he kills you. Mm-hmm. He doesn't necessarily have to kill you the first time you dream about him, or the second, or the third, but eventually he's going to get you. You cannot escape Freddy as long as you keep falling asleep. And so, the way that Nancy in the movie tries to circumvent that is by just not going to sleep. Mm-hmm. And she spends like a week straight just not sleeping and i think that's what scares me is that you have to go to sleep you eventually just have to go to sleep like you're either going to literally kill yourself from exhaustion or you're going to have to fall asleep and when you fall asleep you are going to dream about freddy if you have dreamt about freddy so i think it was something like that that um got to me because i've never been a big like mommy check under the bed or in the closet type of thing mm-hmm. i remember being kind of scared to go into the depths of my basement mm-hmm. in the laundry room in my parents house it kind of like extends and my dad has a workshop there and that's where like the water heater is in the corner and it's always dark no matter if you have all the lights on and everything so i think like those dark corners I don't particularly like. And I think the idea of someone like Freddy Krueger who gets you when you're most vulnerable, which is when you're sleeping, mm-hmm. uh, is, is what freaked me out the most. But I take it that you didn't find this movie. Watching it as a as a 23-year-old woman, very scary. Um, It wasn't necessarily scary to me. The kind of horror movies I like are like the psychological, like what's going to happen kind of movies. Mm -hmm. And this one is definitely like the definition of a slasher movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And that for some reason, like extreme violence like that 
it doesn't scare me it just like upsets me i mm-hmm. don't really know how to differentiate between those two like it doesn't make me say oh no somebody's gonna come to my room and slash me tonight it makes me think this is awful i hate watching this like i don't want to see this dude burst into a volcano of blood in his bed mm-hmm. um so it didn't really scare me and i think part of the reason is that i didn't know why i was supposed to be afraid of this guy because i couldn't tell like within the story like why he was there kind of um i didn't know what his methods or his motivation was i didn't know well his motivation was that he murders children yeah yeah but we didn't find that out until the very end basically Mm -hmm. um and i didn't know like was this all a dream are these kids just having really intense nightmares and in real life everything's fine and nobody's dead and they're gonna go along their jolly way as soon as the last person wakes up or whatever so i guess like dream stuff doesn't really scare me Mm. because i know that everybody has weird dreams and it's like nothing to be afraid of because when you wake up everything's gonna be okay i don't know yeah i just i didn't find this movie that scary i guess it was entertaining um but it didn't really frighten me the blood and all that stuff upset me but i wasn't scared okay well that's an interesting thing too about horror movies is is there's that other delineation of um I guess it kind of goes along with with suspense versus dread, but it's like jump scares versus disturbing imagery. Mm-hmm. You know, being surprised and scared because you're surprised, and having the atmosphere scare you. Mm-hmm. And and generally, like horror movies don't really scare me. Um, I, I used to be kind of a wimp about horror movies, mm-hmm. and then I think I don't know. I just started watching them. Yeah. And I think I think I started watching them, like when I when I decided that like I'm gonna watch horror movies, it it was like the PG thirteen movies that I started mm-hmm. watching first. I remember watching that Jennifer Lawrence one with you, a long long time ago. The house at the end of the street. Oh with yeah, that that's kid. a throwback. Yeah, and it like wasn't bad. No, or like it wasn't scary. No, like at all. Like there were no scares <laughs> to it, and I think that was one of those where. I was still feeling apprehension going into the movie. Mm-hmm. And after watching it, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, this is this is okay. I can deal with this now. Yeah. You got a problem over there? My phone is doing the no chargey dance. Mm. So That's fun. Yeah. So I'm just going to toss it aside and say if it charges, cool. If it doesn't, whatever. All right. Yeah. Good. So I guess, I guess this... We're, we're sort of in the point now where I say, did you like the movie? Uh, yes, I did like it. Uh, I didn't, I did not like it for the reasons I expected I would. Okay. Um, I expected to be terrified because I had always heard of this movie as being like the horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I wasn't terrified. Um, so I enjoyed it because... I guess I just enjoy stories of like 
kids getting into mischief and i know they're not necessarily getting into mischief but they're trying to like solve this like how do we stop him from getting into our heads kind of thing yeah this is this is still pretty close to something like the goonies yeah yeah or stranger things or at, at some level the movie is a child detective yeah thing, yeah which is which is what you like because that it's a good way to do the whole coming of age thing mm-hmm. is to have like a quest that they're going on yeah it was it was entertaining to me as like a character story um which is weird because the character obviously i would like to know the most about is the guy who's killing everybody Mm -hmm. but we didn't really get anything about him um besides the fact that i hate it when i say besides aside from the fact (laughs) that uh he is a murderer like yeah he murders people on that street um and i think the parents all like killed him yeah that's what alcoholic mom was talking about she was she was saying and that he lived there he killed like 12 kids or something nutty and they trapped him in a boiler room and set the building or whatever on Mm -hmm. fire which is why he's got creepy burns and Um, so you you bring up a good point before before you so hold on to that thought but i think this was this in and the friday the 13th movie series really started the whole we're gonna watch a whole bunch of these movies for the monster Mm -hmm. um hellraiser was a thing like that with pinhead and there was a whole bunch of hellraiser movies and also there is a movie in the hellraiser series that is how the dude who plays pinhead got to be a demon Hmm. um so that whole, like, I want to learn more about Freddy sort of thing is more of your reason to see 2 and 3 and 4 mm-hmm. and the up and remakes and Freddy versus Jason and yeah, all of that stuff because you want to learn more about this, this creepy dream man. Yeah, I think that wanting to learn more about the guy who is terrorizing everyone sort of comes from my love of, like, criminal minds and Mm -hmm. csi and all of that like i want to get into the psychology of the person who is doing these things and i want to know their motivations and all of that um but back to what i was going to say before um the other thing that i really enjoyed about this movie is it was kind of kids versus adults in a way like the kids kept trying to say there's this dude and he's killing us and the parents are like, oh, no, you think it's Freddy. He's dead. You have nothing to worry about. Just go to sleep. You'll be fine. So I've always sort of enjoyed that the kids know something is wrong kind of trope, but the parents won't listen to them. And then at the end, the kids are kind of like avenged because they're like, huh, all my friends are dead. Guess you should have listened to me, huh? Yeah, it's the uh, it's the old adults are so stupid yeah. trope. Which is, you just have to have that in in your coming-of-age film. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, there's also the whole sort of conflict where, uh, was it Johnny Depp who gets thrown into prison? No. Or it was Blonde Dude. It was Blonde Girl's boyfriend. Yeah. Rapey Boyfriend is who that was. Rapey Boyfriend. I thought he was just like the school jerk. Like, in rewatching this, I must have just forgotten about him completely because mm-hmm. I was just like... He shows up at their slumber party and yeah. he like is spying on them. 
And then he's and like, then okay, he, I'm here. And then Let's he, go have and sex. And then he grabs her, like, and she's trying. She's like not super into it, it seems. And he's just like, we're gonna have sex now, okay? Mm-hmm. And then it's weird because you hear their sex sounds as Johnny Depp's balls become bluer and bluer and bluer. <laughs> because Nancy, because Nancy's is a like, prude. No, she's not a prude. She was being there for her friend. She's like, we're supposed to be here as moral support for her. We've had these creepy dreams, too, so we want her to be able to sleep knowing that we're here. Yeah, that's right. They all sort of started having the dreams at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I, that's a, that's an interesting detail. Uh, but yeah, anyway, while they're having sex, they sound like they're into it. Yeah. I mean, she she sounded like she was having a good time. Yeah, but he was he was a slime ball, I think. Oh, sure. And he got what he deserved. He died. He got he got he got killed. The kills in this movie, aside from Johnny Depp's death, weren't that interesting or great. No. And maybe we've been spoiled by Saw and its many ripoffs. Yeah. But, like, she... I don't know. Maybe it was just his, because the, the first girl who died was, like, floating around the ceiling getting beat up. Yeah. And that, that was interesting. That was kind of like a ghost thing. Mm-hmm. But But he was just, like, the bedsheets tied themselves together and hung him. Out the window. Yeah. Well, after Nancy had a dream of seeing Freddy hanging him, like she saw, had a dream of Freddy coming in and attacking him. And then she goes to the jail and sees him hanging. Mm -hmm. So it was, yeah. And then I think the only other death in the movie is Nancy's mom, where he sets her on fire or something. Right? Doesn't Freddy set the mom on fire? The house is on fire. House Freddy is, fire. is burning and he goes upstairs and like engulfs the mom in flames, I think. Does he? I'm pretty sure that's how I it happens. Remember. Anyway. Um the uh I I was just remembering because we talked about how the guy in the jail died because mm-hmm. she had a dream of seeing Freddy killing him. One thing that I think would have made me more into that whole dream or or nightmares are scary kind of thing is if there is some like clear like rule for the nightmare i guess because like how could she have seen this dude die before it happens in her dream and then like it i don't know the rules of the whole how freddy kills people thing was weird to me Sure. I guess on the other hand, though, I'm nervous about adding too many hard and fast rules in your horror movie because you very often have to break them because you're not a good enough writer to keep them. Yeah. I mean, that's happened so many times that that I'm sort of glad that it was just like, well, you dreamed about Freddy. He's going to get you. Yeah. Which sort of like the it follows thing, where it's like, well, you had sex with a person who has the the ghost mm-hmm. disease. I guess yeah. you have the ghost disease now too, and also you're next in line. You jump to the front of the line, and maybe past two, because all I've seen is one and two. They get into that more. Mm-hmm. The third one is called Dream Warriors, mm, and okay. it's it it goes past the because while we were at the grocery store today i was talking about how two is essentially one yeah three i guess goes beyond that and, and nancy comes back and and rounds up a group of 
friends who are all being tortured by Freddy and they like band together to become the Dream Warriors, which sounds really cool and I really want to watch it. Yeah. Didn't they didn't Nancy and Johnny Depp's character try to do a thing where he was protecting her in her dream? Well, she was I'm going to fall asleep and grab Freddy. Mm-hmm. And then you wake me up and I'll try to drag him into the real world so that we can kill him. And then Johnny Depp fell asleep, so yeah. it didn't work. Yeah, see like I just don't understand how they can like enter each other's consciousnesses maybe i don't know how freddy can no how uh how i was just thinking how you were describing the third movie how they're all i mean i know you haven't seen it so you don't know i mean who knows how it works it might just be like i'm gonna fall asleep and the five of you surround me and and stay awake so that way we have double yeah, you know, layers like that, I, I don't know. We'll have to watch it and report back. It makes me wonder though how, uh, like in the beginning, I think the very first scene of the movie is blonde girl who I don't even I don't and even doesn't know. matter. She died. She's like walking around in some like thing that reminded me of the tunnels in Harry Potter where the basilisk went through. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the boiler room. Yeah. Okay. The like a big room. scary hell boiler room. Yeah, and Freddy is like chasing her. And then she goes to school the next day and finds out that all of her friends had dreamed about Freddy that night also. Mm -hmm. So it makes me wonder, is Freddy in everyone's dream at once? Is it all one big dream and the kids just don't come upon each other? I don't know. I really want to know how the dream stuff works, though. I think that's probably the most fascinating part is how the dream mechanics work. Yeah, well, we'll have to watch more of the movies. And I guess, like, if we have just watched this first one, we could say... That there's a couple different ways that that could work. One, he can jump from dream to dream. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's sort of like there's the waking reality, and then everybody has a dream reality, and Freddy Krueger through his supernatural hate is able to jump from dream to dream to dream. So they weren't all dreaming about him at the same time. He just popped in mm-hmm. because, as we know from Christopher Nolan. Um, time in your dreams moves way faster than time in real life, which is a thing that I've noticed in yeah. in dreams too, you know, mm-hmm. just because that's how your brain works, right? So you could just say that that's how that works. Like he can jump from dream to dream to dream. Um, or you can just be like, he's supernatural. Yeah. He, he can do it. Like he, he doesn't necessarily have the rules because apparently he can also get brought back into real life too. Yeah. And killed. And somehow still not be dead for there to be a second movie and a third movie and a fourth movie and mm-hmm. so on. Uh, I kind of feel like this movie is is kind of like the Beatles of slasher movies. Where it's, I don't know, like I feel like it really reinvigorated slasher movies. And, and uh like American slasher movies came from the Italian Giallo movies, which branched off from the German Krimi movies. And the first real slasher movie was Friday the 13th, which didn't even have Jason in it, hmm. which was disappointing for me to watch it for the first time. And I found it to be not exciting mm-hmm. because it was just a bunch of kids in the woods. And of course the girl who's like the virgin doesn't die until the end. Mm-hmm. Hence the final girl trope. But I feel like Nightmare on Elm Street did the slasher thing, 
but turned it on its head just enough to make it interesting again. Because mm-hmm. beyond just it being a bunch of kids in the woods, it was a bunch of kids on the street. They had parents. They had people who could potentially help but wouldn't. Nancy was isn't your typical final girl, but she still is the final girl. Mm-hmm. Everybody else dies. And uh, I don't know. I, I feel like A Nightmare on Elm Street, if not the series, but the first one, at least, sort of re-jump-started the whole slasher thing. And speaking speaking of, of Nancy, the character, how does this movie strike you from, like, a, a lady perspective? Um, Seeing as how our protagonist was, in fact, a lady. Yeah, uh, I didn't like her. <laughs> um, partly because she never closed her mouth. The actress is a little weird. Obnoxious. Um, but I found her to be... Ugh. I almost want to say she wasn't forceful enough in trying to stop things from happening. She, like her, okay, her friends and her boyfriend and all of these people were literally dying. She still said, yeah, I want to go to school, mom. I want to, you know, be normal. Even though yesterday one of my friends died and tomorrow one of my friends will die. It just, she seemed to not, like, have any punch to her. Like, yeah, she tried to stay awake. And, yeah, she tried to get Johnny Depp to, like, uh, help her, I guess. She tried to get the adults involved, though. Yeah. I mean, they had um, all the cops over across the street at Johnny Depp's house after he died. Remember? Yeah. And she was, like, calling cops assholes out the window. No, yeah. Like, that's pretty yeah. ballsy. I guess I, I wasn't thinking about the end. I guess I was more thinking, like, leading up to it. So maybe that's not really a valid point because she does sort of become the hey uh she does have an arc yeah okay um i guess i would say that she didn't feel very different from any other female characters i've seen in horror movies um until i guess the end when she becomes more strong or determined or whatever but i don't know okay the reason i brought it up is because the the sort of feminist thing for me is like shouldn't feel like a token female hero Mm -hmm. she just felt like for whatever reason Wes craven decided to make this female or, or to make the protagonist a girl yeah, like, which is... There wasn't a lot of Joss Whedon, like, I got a strong female hero as my protagonist. No, there's not. But at the same time, just... I feel like arbitrarily making a character female just because is also not a great thing. Like, if you're going to make a character a female, make her like a well-rounded female instead of this could be a a male or a female and I just chose to make her a female kind of thing. I don't know. It feels kind of counterproductive. I think I've said that before where making movies with more female 
protagonist just for the sake of it is not a great thing. Um, well, at the same time, I don't think he did it just for the sake of it. I think that that was just like the story. Like in his head is that it was a girl. And um, I don't know, because if uh, on the other hand, you like had it be a male character and he was like a well-rounded male character right so he had a whole bunch of those manly traits but was able to also subvert <laughs> them or whatever like essentially buffy but like a dude right yeah. like i feel like there'd be so many criticisms like this is such a male power fantasy that's true yeah uh the other interesting thing is so this was written and directed by wes craven who also is known for doing scream oh okay did you get any of that um i feel i guess i could see this as being like the big brother to scream like this was the serious attempt and then scream was the more playful attempt scream was the whole like what what are you guys what have you guys done to my genre yeah it was the very self-aware kind of thing and this one was the serious, I want to make a serious horror movie thing. Yeah. So he did, he's also done The Hills Have Eyes, the 1982 Swamp Thing, Hills Have Eyes 2. Then he did A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, and then 3, and then 4. And then something called The Fat Boys, Are You Ready for Freddy? <laughs> oh, he was credited with creating the character. Mm. Um, then he did Nightmare on Elm Street Five, the dream child then a movie called shocker then night visions a tv series from 1988 to 1990 he created that ran 44 episodes called freddy's nightmares really yeah and then freddy's dead the final nightmare cool somebody kills him and then in 1994, three years later, New Nightmare. Oh, God. Then in 2003, Freddy vs. Jason. Then a short... Uh, then he did... Some of these are like, he wrote the screenplay and some he just gets writing credits. Um, then, based on characters created by, there is... In 2009, a Freddy's Reborn. I can't remember that being out. And then Nightmare in Elm Street gets remade in 2010. Then Kruger, A Tale from Elm Street, a short. And then Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash, which is a short that he's credited for the character. Kruger, Another Tale from Elm Street, short. Kruger, A Walk Through Elm Street, short. Kruger, The Slasher from Elm Street, short. Kruger, Nightmare in Vape Street. He's credited with characters for all this. So I guess what I don't I, I don't know exactly what I was getting for or getting at here, but uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of Freddy. Yeah, which makes me wonder: Does he evolve somehow? Like, is it always him haunting people's dreams, or does he learn new tricks? I don't know. Like, I just I don't see how you could get that much out of this premise of somebody haunting somebody's dreams without something else happening like something's got to give you can't do the same thing 12 times well so in this movie there was only really four kills and they weren't super great yeah so the kills must just get better yeah all right i guess i can see that 
Ready for uh, some IMDb trivia? Yeah. All right. Robert Englund. England. England. Who played Freddy. Uh, he cut himself the first time he tried on the infamous Freddy glove. Did we ever see Freddy's face? Mm-hmm. We did? That's just all burnt and gross. Okay. New Line Cinema was saved from bankruptcy by the success of this film and was jokingly nicknamed the house that Freddy built. Mm. Yet, Freddy Krueger has under seven minutes of screen time. Yep. Yeah, he wasn't in that movie very much. No. Over 500 gallons of fake blood were used during filming. <laughs> it's, a fil- it's probably all for the Johnny Depp scene. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, this is the film debut of one Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Turns out he's just a drunk asshole. Yeah. Aw. Ugh. We thought he was cool, if not a little weird. Yeah, when I was younger, he was one of my favorite actors. Yeah, well, you and every other girl at that time. Yeah, but, I mean, he seemed, like, relatively versatile. Like, he brought himself into every character he did, but... They were all different. Mm-hmm. But now, just what I know now about Johnny has ruined all of Johnny for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took about three hours for Robert England to get into his Freddy makeup. Which doesn't seem worth it for seven minutes. <laughs> no. Shot in 30 days. All right, here we go. Wes Craven first came up with a basic idea for the movie from a series of articles in the Los Angeles Times over a three-year period about a group of Southeast Asian refugees from the Hmong tribe, several of whom died in the throes of horrific nightmares. The group had come to the U.S. to escape the murderous reign of Pol Pot, um, and within a year of arriving, three men had died all in similar situations. The young, otherwise healthy man would have a nightmare that refused to sleep for as long as he could, When he finally fell asleep from exhaustion, he awoke screaming, then died. Autopsy results showed that they had not died from heart failure, but had simply died. Oh my god. They just died, bruh. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, Uh, those poor people. Yeah, autopsy... uh, I read that sentence already. It was this inability to find a cause of death that intrigued Craven so much. Medical authorities have since called the phenomenon Asian Death Syndrome. Oh my god. Um, a variant of sudden unexpe- unexpected death syndrome. Suds. Asian death syndrome. And uh, <laughs> Brugada syndrome. Yeah, that's not a great name. <laughs> it's really not. You know, They ma- should have called it the he just died syndrome. <laughs> so, th- so this probably took place in the late 70s to early, or I don't know when Pol Pot was in, in power, but probably 70s or 80s. Like, I guess at that time you would name something like that. But it's kind of like naming something Asperger's Syndrome. <laughs> like, yeah, it's your last name. But if your last name is Asperger's and you're giving it to a kid who's already going to be weird, <laughs> like, give it a different name. Oh. However, you know, I don't know how many people die from Asian Death Syndrome. <laughs> My favorite Jet Li movie. <laughs> Hopefully, if it's still a thing, it's called something else now. Yeah. I don't know. All of the boiler room footage in the film was shot in the basement of the Lincoln Heights Jail in Los Angeles, which was condemned shortly after production wrap due to high levels of asbestos. Uh-oh. Oh, no! Hopefully all the actors are still alive. Uh, yeah. 
Heather Langenkamp, who played Nancy. Close your mouth, Nancy. Heather, I can't close my mouth in camp. <laughs> beat over 200 act- actresses for the role of Nancy Thompson. Among them, and this is where we, who knows? This is IMDb trivia. Mm-hmm. Among them, Jennifer Grey, Demi Moore, Courtney Cox. Demi Moore. <laughs> Demi Moore. Whatever. Actually, she says Demi. That's even worse. <laughs> Demi Moore, Courtney Cox, and Tracy Gold. Okay. The idea behind the glove was a practical one on Wes Craven's part, as he wanted to give the character a unique weapon, but also something that could be made cheaply and wouldn't be difficult to use or transport. At the time, he was studying primal fears embedded in the subconscious of people of all cultures and discovered that one of these fears is attacked by animal claws. Around the same time, he saw his cat underneath unsheath its claws and the two concepts merged. Although the original blade of the scripts were fishing knives, not steak knives, it's in the finished film. See, that's a dude who needs to be making horror movies. You know, the guy who's like, I'm a study anthropologically. What makes people afraid? No. Okay, so that makes me think of Get Out. They knew what made people afraid. Yeah. Jordan Peele has probably <laughs> dated a few white women in his life. Yeah. And, again, uh, I've brought this up to you before, but Mariano, the inclusion editor at, mm-hmm. at one of my jobs, is Mexican, born mm-hmm. in Mexico, and is married to a white woman, and, like, would not go to their backwoods home to meet her parents. Yeah. He said, if your parents want to meet me, they know where we live, they can come meet us on my turf. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, he actually said when he was watching the movie, there were a group of... of kids of color behind him and all of the things that they were like saying at the at the screen mm-hmm. were exactly the same things that were in his head and for the longest time that had a 99 meta score on on imdb it had a hundred for a long time yeah it had a hundred for a long time on rotten tomatoes too mm-hmm. point being make a good movie uh-huh i make, don't have ears anymore so make, make it loud make a good movie <laughs> that's all you need to do Take pride in your craft. Make a good movie. Brought to you by Joe Blucky. The original glove was later used in A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, and was also seen hanging on the wall of the work shed in Evil Dead 2. This was in response to the use of the Evil Dead on a television scene in A Nightmare on Elm Street. And part of a continued banter between directors Wes Craven and Sam Raimi, However, when Wes Craven loaned the glove to a Nightmare to Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, set it got lost and has never been located. Dun, dun, dun. That's interesting. You do a raising dun, dun, dun. I do dun, dun, dun. I'm sure I've done both. Hmm. Check the tape. (laughs) Make a good film. Check the tape. The film playing on Nancy's television when she dressed off in sleep in her bedroom is the Evil Dead. The words Elm Street are not spoken at all during the movie. So this movie does not uh, suffer from the we have to say the title of the movie in the movie. I swear they said it because the mom explained how all the kids on the street were getting dead. Like, they had to have said Elm Street. Check the tape. (laughs) It cost roughly $1.8 million to produce a figure it made back in its opening weekend, which is always... A sign of a successful movie. The scene where Nancy is attacked by Freddy in her bathtub was shot using a bottomless tub 
which was put in a bathroom set that had been built over a swimming pool. During the underwater sequence, Legging Camp was replaced with stuntwoman Christina Johnson. Legging Camp spent 12 hours in the bath during filming. Bet she was pruny. Bet she was a little pruny. I hope this isn't true. Okay. One of the main reasons Johnny Depp was chosen was because Wes Craven's daughter thought he was, quote, beautiful. I'm sure that's probably true. Things like that happen all the time. Oh, this is highly unrelated, but it reminds me of something. Can I? Can I? Please. Okay. So I read the story that uh, Donald, one of Donald Trump's daughters wanted to meet One Direction because they were staying at one of the Trump hotels. Okay. And they didn't want to meet her. And <laughs> Donald Trump kicked them out of the hotel. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was just a little thing. Womp womp. <laughs> See, this is why we need to live in a classless society where there are no rich and are no poor. Because the fact that she would ask that is really just obnoxious. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he would respond in kind or that they would respond in kind is also really classless. So really, if, if those in the upper class aren't going, to re- aren't going to handle themselves with class, why even have a class system in society? The proletariat have nothing to lose but their chains. My brothers and sisters take up arms and destroy the bourgeoisie class. The inspiration for the character Freddie came from several <laughs> sources in Wes Craven's childhood. Fred Krueger was a schoolmate of his with whom he had shared a paper route and who had bullied him for several years. So no, no. Fuck you, Fred. <laughs> in The Last House on the Left, which Wes Craven wrote and directed in 1972, Craven also used this experience as inspiration, calling the villain Krug. Freddie's... Okay. Oh, which is short for Krueger. I gotcha. Freddy's appearance, especially the dirty clothes and hat, was inspired by a hobo who Wes Craven saw staring at him through his window one day when he was 10. Dude, that's scary. (laughs) That's scary. If I were a hobo, that's what I would do. (laughs) I would just terrify children. (laughs) It's going to make a mean joke. It's going to say, don't you do that already? Oh. (laughs) And that's how they got divorced. (laughs) No. It was a joke. I can make those too, you know. (laughs) <laughs> yep. According to Wes Craven, Robert Englund was not the first choice for the role of Fred Krueger. Uh, Craven had initially wanted a stuntman to play the part, but upon testing several stuntmen, he realized he needed an actor. For what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess the, just the way that he walks needs to be right. Just... I don't know. I appreciate that craftsmanship over, like, I'll just put my kid in the alien suit. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. In the original script, Freddy was a child molester. Oh, no. That would be a very different movie. Molester? I hardly know her. (laughs) However, that was tasteless. But I don't have any money, so don't tell me to act with class. (laughs) However, the decision was made to change him into being a child murderer. Wow. Killed her. She's done. That was awful. Why did you say that? I mean, sure, I've used that one on you before. Not for molester. Sure I have. And yet, Anyway, you should have known it's coming because that's all I've been doing. That's That's been my material for a while. <laughs> Jesus. 
She's done. <laughs> we're chewing. We're chewing. We're chewing tape. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. Oh, this is a weird episode. You're a weird episode. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm good. Are I'm you crying, sure? but I'm good. All right. In the original script, Freddy was a child molester. <laughs> However, the decision was made to change him into being a child murderer. So much better. To avoid accusations of exploiting a series of child molestations, do, you do not want your bus to pull into the molestation. <laughs> In California around the time of production. He was rewritten as a child molester in the 2010 remake starring Jackie Earl Haley. Who is that? A girl who was later raped to death. What? <laughs> Just kidding. I don't, I don't know anything about that. Uh, the very first time we see Freddy in the movie, he isn't being played by Robert England, but by special effectsman Charles Belladorini. As Belladorini was the only one who knew exactly how to... Cut the glove and insert the blades. Seemed like Freddy knew how to insert the blades. Stop! <laughs> Nancy mentions taking a drug so she won't dream. This drug, Hypnosil, ends up being a major plot point in later Freddy movies. Does she learn how to close her mouth? I don't know, but I also listened to a song not too long ago called Hypnosil, so now I'm going to look it up mm. and uh, see who it was by, because I can't remember. So as we wait for Spotify to load, you can continue laughing at my very <laughs> funny molestation jokes. No, they're awful. Just in, Katie Balecki. <laughs> no, I do not think it's funny. I think you're ridiculous. Oh! Hypnocell is a song by MC Chris off of the album MC Chris is Dreaming, which references Ooh. Freddy Krueger a whole bunch. That makes sense. There's a song called Hypnocell. There's also a song called Dream Warriors. There you go. Um, and all of the skits have to do with um, Freddy Kr MC Chris dreaming, meeting Freddy Krueger, bringing him into the real world to share the rent on his apartment with him. And you've connected all the dots. I've connected all of the dots. During the scene where Nancy is running toward, even though it says towards, but I assume that this wasn't written by Herman Melville, so I'm going to use toward, her house with Freddy right behind her, Heather cut her foot and required stitches. Way to go, Heather. When viewing the scene, you can see clearly her limping as she enters her house. This wasn't acting, but rather a genuine reaction to her injury. If you look closely, you can see the bandages she's wearing in the last shot of the goo stairs sequence, which takes place just moments later. That sequence was cool. The what sequence? Where she steps into the stairs and it's all gluey and she like steps through them. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. That was interesting. I, I love little practical <laughs> effects like that. And I know that people like often will, will just dump on like graphics like cg and they're like cg um but after watching mortal Kombat annihilation and the uh, today and the awful cg therein if you can't make something look good with computers you can at least make it look bad with practical effects and then it has that special charm to it yeah there is no special charm with bad cg which is unfair i know but if you have bad CG, it's just bad CG. If you have bad practical effects, at least you were trying, you know? Yeah. Because, like, 
The difference between a bad practical effect and bad CG is like a bad practical effect is, oh, you were trying or you're going for a style thing or you were being inventive. Bad CG is, oh, you just didn't have the budget to hire the right CG guy. Yeah. Because that's like you just hire a firm that does that, you know, whereas like a set director is like part of the crew. Anyway. Uh, there's a whole bunch of, of stuff, so I'm just going to pick one randomly. Uh, Alright, the scene where Marge talks to Nancy about Kruger's death and shows her his gloves was extended. Not only would her mother inform her that the Elm Street teenagers were not only children, but she would elaborate on what happened after the mistrial. The scene in the script was extended... And Marge goes into detail saying that Fred did not die instantly in the fire, just like a demon surfacing from hell and a burning and frantic Kruger burst from his his basement. As the flames consumed him, he threatened the parents and swore revenge. As Marge confesses to Nancy, it was actually she who took a gun and shot Fred, delivering the coup de grace. <laughs> so, the supernatural healing powers of hate, I guess. I suppose. Huh. So. Yep. Let's see. Survey questions. Ooh. Survey questions. Um, if Nancy were listening to music to stay awake, mm-hmm. what do you think she would be listening to? Hmm. Do I have to be like era appropriate? Hmm. No, but bonus points if you are. Hmm. Um, I think she'd be listening to 99 Left Balloons. <laughs> Why? Um, because that's the kind of song that you can just listen to repeat on repeat. And it's just like... I don't know. That would be the kind of song I would listen to. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and if you were on a desert island... Mm-hmm. What things from this movie would you take with you? I guess Freddy's gloves. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um uh maybe some rope. And <laughs> I don't know why it seemed like a good thing to have. To- <laughs> and uh hmm coffee. Yeah. Mhm. Okay. It's too bad we can't watch Swiss Army Man for this show because I would love to ask you that question for Swiss Army Man because the answer would just be Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> that movie. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, okay. you got any, you got anything else? Um I think it's funny that uh Freddy Krueger had knife hands and then Johnny Depp plays uh, Edward Scissorhands. Oh, yep. Um we've got a squeaky chair. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, I thought it was interesting how at the beginning of the movie we thought, or at least I thought, blonde girl was going to be the main character and then she died. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I kind of liked, now that I think about it, the question you asked earlier, uh, I think that it was kind of cool how the female characters were the main characters and the guys were kind of just forgotten about for a while and then until they died yeah so that was interesting uh it was a good movie and i want to see the next one 
but it needs to get scarier. Yeah, with some sound effects like that. Well, there are five in the official canon as far as I'm concerned. All right, let's not, watch Not them including all. Freddy versus Jason, so we're going to watch them. All right. Until then. You can find us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review if you would. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe even write a review. Yeah. You can email the show. Please. At um, sharingeverythingshow at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Katie would very appreciate it. Yep. And uh, what what are you making me watch next week? We're going to watch Thelma and Louise. Mm-hmm. Until then. <laughs> keep talking. Keep loving. Keep sharing. And don't let your bus pull into the molestation. <laughs> oh my God. Bye.